to the Birds FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Truth and Consequences. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is February 12th, Monday in the year 2024. We are entering into a period now of extreme tension. We have the level of reveal and awakening that's happening across our world and our country. And at the same time, we have the desperation of the deep state to cling on to control. Now, the deep state is probably a little bit nefarious in this point of view because the question we still have is, who is going to fill the void behind them? And that's one of those things that without an organized direction of we the people, What's likely is what we're going to be seeing is the billionaire classes are fighting each other and one billionaire class is going to try to seize control over the other. And that's showing true more and more. But the world nonetheless is having an unbelievable level of events that are colliding at the same time that's going to create an enormous amount of chaos and disruption. And for that reason, we have to stay focused and understand that as we have truth, our decisions and the directions that we go are going to produce consequences, which we're going to be part of. And all of that's going to depend truly on not only whom we serve, but how we utilize the choices we make going forward. One thing, patriots, right now for sure is that we have have elections in Taiwan. North Korea is on the brink. Iran is increasing its aggression. There is a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into a primary season, meaning election season. Have you how you have sheltered your savings and your investments from the potential major setbacks in the economy is going to make a critical difference. It's not too late to diversify from an old IRA or 401k into gold and birch gold can help you with that. As opposed to many other investments, gold thrives in times of uncertainty and it is an important part of your diversity in your savings. Here's how birch gold can help you make, make it part of your daily life and your part of your diversification in your portfolio. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating in Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, including many in BARDS Nation, I really am encouraging you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversifying through precious metals. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and claim your free info packet today. Protect your savings with gold and don't hold back on that text because it's going to make a big difference in your life. Birch Gold, great folks, really are great folks. All right, Patriots, I want to begin with a perspective tonight. I think this puts in puts things into a lot of context as to the type of time we are in. Let me start with a couple of things. we got to remember that we're in a world now where that these are the sorts of things that we know. We know that we go back to Obama, and we know that he faked his name, he faked his religion, he faked his wife because he's not a man. He faked his kids, which he rented them. 
He faked his place of birth. He faked his nationality. He faked his education. And he faked his career. Then he sealed his records. And he had a legal team defend that ceiling so Americans couldn't see in it. And, and that was his very first executive order, by the way, to stop Americans from finding out who he really was. He was president for eight years. And, the, and we didn't go to revolution, which is still surprising to me. Here's another post that kind of gives things in context. This comes from Liz Wheeler. And this is current as of today. And this is an example and not so much a reality for everybody, but an example. Your grandmother died alone in the hospital. Your husband was fired over a mandate. Your teenage son has heart problems. You lost your business. You weren't allowed to go to church. Your two-year-old was forced to mask. And people want to forget about the whole thing and move on. And my answer, as is hers, is not a chance. We shall never forget. But that's unfortunately the world we live in. And just to highlight that, Harvard has now renewed its COVID-19 vaccine mandate, joining 69 other schools. So essentially what they're doing is they're doing the selection. And parents, this is on you. If your children are going to any of those 69 schools, you can find that article in Zero Hedge. You're putting your children at risk to be forever part of this dark cult. What we are in right now is a critical chance of awakening, both knowledge-wise and the critical chance of awakening spiritually. And as a nation, we have to start coming to grips with what that means. Here's a great piece, and I want you to hear this, because this comes in a point when we have to listen from, this is from the Eastern Orthodox priest who predicted Donald Trump would serve two terms as president. I want you to hear this. This is important because this gives you a real good perspective, I think, of what the function of our time and under Biden is really about. The reason why Biden won the election for, you know, which was rigged, 100% it was rigged by the secret societies. Why did the Lord allow it? He is, I want America to hear this. The people of America, which I love, which I love, which I love, and I pray for. The Lord allowed Biden to be your president to send a very powerful message to all of you, our beloved people of America. The Lord is saying, just like Biden forgets his name, you, my people, have forgotten my name. I, the Lord. America, in recent years, they've drifted so far and away from Christ. It is not a joke. America is on the verge of collapse, but Trump will win 2024 election no matter who tries to stop it. Trump will win it. Jesus is bringing Trump back because he still has time with the world. He wants to bring more people of the world because the door will be closed soon. That last part of that message is the critical part. And we keep hearing this through multiple prophecies and even just things I'm getting from prayer. We are in a window now where things are starting to close down. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how that manifests in the real world. But this is critical, really a critical time that we are working to bring people to Christ and keep people's eyes on Jesus as instead of on their feet and into the ground. 
But this is, we can feel this. We can feel this change in the world and this acceleration. And so much is happening that is generating an awakening. The consequences as people awaken are going to be severe and potentially very severe. This is a great perspective on 9-11 from that exact angle. What happens if we find out exactly what happened in 9-11? They did it. I have had long conversations over the past two weeks with contacts at the Army War College, at the headquarters Marine Corps, and I've made it absolutely clear in both cases that it is 100% certain that 9-11 was a Mossad operation. And what I, what I showed them immediately afterwards, the third building at the World Trade Center going down, WBC-7. And they look at that, and I said, now you understand that if one of the buildings was wired for demolition, all of them were wired for demolition. And what Americans need to understand, they did it. They did it. And if they do understand that, Israel will flat ass disappear from this earth. 9-11 has led directly to 60,000 Americans dead and wounded. God knows how many hundreds of thousands of people in other countries that we've killed or wounded or made homeless. If Americans ever know, ever know that Israel did this, they're going to scrub them off the earth and they're not going to give a rat's ass what the cost is. They are not going to care. They will do it. The Zionists are playing this as, as truly an all-or-nothing exercise. Because if they if they lose this one, if the American people ever realize what's happened, they're done. You know, it'll be a bloody, brutal war, and they're gone. I mean, this is this is it's not even going to be a close contest. Three buildings went down. The third was not hit by a plane. It was wired for controlled demolition. Therefore, all of them are wired for controlled demolition. You know, what I what I have done when I presented it to these people, and I said, just look at this. Look at this picture. You know, don't, I'm not going to give you an argument. Just look at it. And they look at the film, and without exception, they come back and they say, they did it, didn't they? They said, yep, they did They, they did it. Mossad did it. And that was an organized, with our organized crime syndicate, probably elements of the CIA within our own country. That whole fight was a culmination. We really look at it. It was, the, it was what George W. Bush had told us, that it's the era of the new world order. And so they launched 9-11. And they did so. And in the process, the shock and awe of this nation, people handed away almost every right we had. They destroyed the Constitution with the Patriot Act, which still gets reinforced every day. And the public has never really stepped in and responded to that. We, have, we, I think we've been in a collective shock since then. The truth of that matter is so difficult for people to accept because with that came the next level of terror and horror, which is the idea of all the bodies and people that were sacrificed in Iraq on both sides. So we heard last night... we. That literally heard that if you go back in history, you go back and listen to these arguments that they literally justified killing over 400,000, and I think it ended up being closer to a million children in Iraq. We did as a nation. We are in a point right now of critical judgment in our nation. And coming to the understanding of who we are 
has been probably one of the greatest threats that they could ever face. It's interesting what Alex Huxley wrote in 1962. He said, there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will in fact have their liberties taken away from them, but they will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing or brainwashing enhanced with pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. We're in that now. That was That's the whole part of the COVID con and the death shot. It is changing people. We've seen that. And so people are locked into this sort of bliss of having their rights taken away, why they just continue to rape and pillage. And one of the reasons they're so bold in coming out in front. Their challenge right now is the group of people that are not speaking to their tune and rather we're speaking our own and speaking truth into the world. And that does have a continued effect, but there's a limit to how many people we can bring over. Nonetheless, where we sit right now in this profound moment is a world which is truly sitting here with truth rising up and an elite's trying to do everything they can to tamp it down. And that difficulties of them to being able to manage that is increasing exponentially. But if we go back to a quote, which was Henry Kissinger in a speech to the World Health Organization Council on eugenics on February 25th, 2009, we get a deeper look at this, which is once once the herd, meaning the people, accepts mandatory force, forcible vaccination, it's game over. They will accept anything, forcible blood or organ donation for the greater good. We can genetically modify children and sterilize them for the greater good. Control sheep mines and you control the herd. Vaccine makers stand to make billions, and many of you in this room today are investors. It's a big win-win. We, we thin out the herd, and the herd pays us for the pro- pro- providing experimentation services or extermination services, excuse me. Now, what's for lunch? And he, can, he goes on. That was Henry Kissinger. We, we understand very, very well that this is a large agenda, but it's important to kind of keep this in context because there's so many things going on. And at this point, as the reveals happen and they continue to expose the truths of what's going on, we're faced with new challenges and we have to stay ahead of their insanity. One of those things that has happened here, obviously, was is the Super Bowl, and that just occurred. Now, take a listen to this on the Super Bowl because I didn't watch it, by the way. And by the way, I did print out from the predictions yesterday. I sent it around in chat that the Chiefs would win. I did that early on yesterday. Of course, the Chiefs won because it's all a setup. But the Super Bowl is one of those big rituals. And as we look at these rituals and understand what it is that we're really talking about, we're talking about a, a group of people in this world that are truly brainwashed and accepting where we are as part of a greater problem in our society. The Super Bowl issue is not so much about the Super Bowl as it is about what it is that it represents in our culture. Unfortunately, for our culture, the Super Bowl is one of those things that gives a deep reflection as to what the idolatry is and where we are with that. So let's take a look, let's take a listen to this piece right here. Should you spend 
in your Super Bowl tickets? 13 grand. 10,000 bucks. 9,000 tickets. It's a lifelong like, dream of mine to be here. I'm a little emotional. My dad uh, did this for my birthday. 8,500 a piece. I actually got my ticket for free. Cost 8,000. Was it worth it? Are you excited to be here? Oh my God, yes. I didn't have to. I know a guy that knows a guy. <laughs> $8,000 on the average for Super Bowl tickets. And people see that as like the, the greatest thing ever. And this is the migration to the dist greatest distraction ever to continue to follow that. That's the Super Bowl. That's what it was about. That's what everybody's celebrating in this. And unfortunately, where we are with the Super Bowl is it is it is always what it is. It's a satanic ritual the celebration. Super Bowl this year was a massive ritual to Saturn using alchemical symbolism for you know who, the devil. Alicia Keys came out as a scarlet woman dressed in all red. The purpose is to manifest the energies of the new Aeon of Horus, which is why Usher was wearing only the left glove, the left hand pad. Usher used the symbolism of alchemy to show us turning lead into gold or the transmutation of the soul. When he came out on the black stage, then he was dressed in white and he ended up on the stage of fire, all while wearing a phoenix pin. We got opposing polarity symbolism of the checkerboard of Freemasonry, and even the big one, a stage used to show Usher as the sun on the Zodiac Cross, a pagan religious belief, and the symbol was two opposing planets with the sun between them. If you look up today's astrology, guess what planets are in opposition with the sun between them? The Earth and Saturn. That's why Ice Spice and Taylor Swift use Saturn symbolism in their Karma video, and Usher was standing on a giant clock, a.k.a. Kronos or Saturn, the religion of the occultists. There's way more than I have time for in this video, from Usher's Baphomet symbols to the rigged game for the Chiefs and the aliens and Beyonce's AI symbolism and so on. Check out my show and just wake up already. The Super Bowl. And wake up already. So true. I mean, this is truly the, the key here. But there's a little bit more worth listening to on the Super Bowl. Not a whole lot more, but enough. If you think that the Super Bowl was a giant satanic ritual, it actually turns out that they had a sacrifice. And I'm... Wow, let's take a look. Nigerian bank chief unalived in a U.S. helicopter crash. He was one of the biggest bank owners in the world. Co-founder of Access Bank, one of the largest banks in Nigeria, was among six people unalived in a helicopter crash in California on Friday. They were on their way to a Super Bowl, and his wife and son and former president of the Nigerian Stock Exchange were all unalived in the crash. Investigators are scouring the site to determine if there was foul play involved. So a little bit of history and a little bit more of his plans and what he planned to do, this man was insane. So he funded Access Bank, which became the largest bank in Nigeria in 2018 after it acquired its main competitor. But he did not stop there. He's been working to expand across the continent, acquiring banks in all of these places. And he was planning to open a new banking service in Asia in the first quarter of this year. So with him, his wife and his son gone, who's left to acquire that money? He also had some pretty interesting things to say about immigration, which I might talk about in a separate video. But right after this news broke, Joe Biden tweeted this from his official X account. And this is just look what we drew, just like we drew it up. She's claiming that that has to do with the sacrifice. It might be that other people are claiming that it was a symbol from Joe Biden, that they rigged the Super Bowl elections. That might be. And then, of course, we've got our Q Patriots saying that this is the red eyes of Joe Biden or the military's activation symbol and now that the Super Bowl has happened, what's coming now is bigger than ever, then this is the counterswing, all possible. What I do know is we are coming into an era here where there's a lot of instability, there's a lot of things flashing left and right, and you've got to keep yourself centered in all of this because there's going to be a lot of noise, and the noise is getting worse. Q 
Cute patriots are thinking that this is now the window in which the military makes its big strike and counter move. That's difficult for me to confirm considering the type of level of access that I have in the DMA, Direct Declaration of Military Accountability. None of that's adding up in the normal way. I just need you to understand that. There is no indication that our military leadership can even handle any of this, let alone do the right thing. So th there's a lot of myth there. It's not to say it won't happen, and it's not to say it's not possible. But it is to say that what we're into here is a window of great instability, and that's matching up with markets. Our markets are very unstable. China's market is declining. All of these things are affecting the greater storm of what's happening, and it's all coming together and, and happening very quickly. It's only going to take a quick flash of things to do, something to happen, and things can go horribly wrong. So as a point to this is while the Super Bowl was playing and people were distracted with the Super Bowl, the FBI and CISA, which is the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, quietly published what's called the Joint Guidance on How to Live Off the Land. Now, that does not refer to physical territory. It refers to the land, meaning the, the digital space, the digital terrain. In this article, they talk about they, they know something something's about to happen warning of coming attacks on by China at their as they're letting Chinese illegal immigrants into our country. Quote, warning about attacks on critical infrastructure by groups allegedly connected to the Chinese PRC government. It goes on. I know a lot of people are, he goes on to say, this, this account, by the way, is Wall Street Apes. I know a lot of people are going to be watching the Super Bowl this weekend, and it's a great distraction because the FBI and the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, of the United States of America have been has just recently released a joint guidance about how to live off the land. It is stated that there is this is a response to publications of reject reaction to recent warnings about attacks on critical infrastructure by groups allegedly connected to the Chinese PRC government. The FBI recently used a court order to remove malware for hundreds of route orders across the U.S because it believed the attack was the work of an, of an advanced persistent threat group known as Volt Typhoon. U.S. officials said that the botnet designed to give Chinese attackers persistent access to critical infrastructure. Routing their traffic through these gateways would hide the actual origin of the malicious attempts to reach inside utilities and their targets. So this was also uncovered in May 2020. 2023 by Microsoft, which is the same company that builds your computers and installs viruses so that you have to buy antiviral software. Things are definitely heating up. And the this whole document, by the way, which I did look up, and it's, it's um, let me find it, it is called the Joint Guidance Identifying and Mitigating Living Off the Land Techniques. This is living off the land, meaning off your normal way of surfing the internet. It goes through in detail all of the coding penetrations and things that you may have to do to protect your systems. So it's quite a document that they published and just happened to publish it on Super Bowl weekend. But don't worry, because as people are being distracted by Super Bowl, we also now have an active shooter that showed up in Joel Olstein's church, by coincidence, by the way. And I, I say this because this gets very suspect to me. This active shooter, as it was said, was apparently a woman when they reported it with a child in her hand that somehow got through Alstein's security carrying a long gun. All, all very sus overall. So it's I don't, 
I don't totally buy any of this story, but I will say it's it does well for Joel Osteen's ratings as his megachurch is careening into the ground and can't afford its bills. But what's interesting is this active shooter was actually was identified as a transgender, not a female. Legal name is Janice, Jenna, Jenna S. or something like this, Moreno, um, but went by the name of Jeffrey. Now, this is what's interesting. You pull up the profile this person was uh, listed as a female. I love this. Race was apparently white. Uh, ethnicity was non-Hispanic, but somehow they're white, non-Hispanic, and lived in El Salvador. That's a new one for me. 190 pounds and five, five, five feet five inches. Obviously, one of your more attractive female uh, impersonators known as a transgender. This is, this is the thing. That active shooter happened at Olstein's church. If you've seen the video, the whole thing is a little bit suspect. Lots of shooting, apparently. Um, the, I, the security guards out in the lobby were m milling around with their hands in the pocket half the time. Suddenly, people start to run. A little bit of drama. I'm asking the simple question is how does somebody go into a church like Olstein's church with all the security they have and get inside with a long gun? My overall suspicion is that it's likely that this is some sort of stunt to draw attention to the church now to probably introduce the the issue of some sort of new hate strain and, or worse, Olstein will start justifying the need to bring transgenders into the church to worship for them. But there's even another theory floating around, which I don't think is so far out of the question, was, is, was this one of Joel Olstein's lovers that just suddenly went crazy and they now have the child in their hand to do some sort of satanic ritual sacrifice. Let's be clear. These uh, these people down here that run the mega churches are not your friends. That's, that's just the unfortunate truth of it. And those are simply theories that I've shared with you going around the web. There's no hard fact to them. But nonetheless, it's important to keep in mind. The idea, though, of wars in the world is falling apart. And these people know it. They are panicking because the key method of, of controlling people is to keep wars in our face. The one thing that we do know is that under Tucker Carlson, Putin revealed that the Ukrainian peace deal was actually scuttled by Boris Yeltsin. Take a listen to this clip from, poor, from Tucker Carlson and his interview with President Putin. We support this. So I just want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. I don't think that I am. I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement to what's happening in Ukraine. <laughs> right. And we made it. We prepared the huge document in Istanbul that was initialed by the head of the Ukrainian delegation. He affixed his signature to some of the provisions, not to all of it. He put his signature and then he himself said, we were ready to sign it and the war would have been over long ago, 18 months ago. However, Prime Minister Johnson came, talked us out of it, and we missed that chance. Now, to no surprise, you have Boris Johnson, who definitely needs to do something as a makeover for his teeth, and he definitely needs to lose weight. But ironically... He's on the beach somewhere, and in this very critical message to the world, which is obviously desperate that he gets it out because Putin spoke against him, he uses some sort of his some of his cell phone in the middle of the wind. Makes you wonder if he's not talking from some special island like Gitmo. But here we go. 
Around the world, people are watching that ludicrous interview with Vladimir Putin conducted by Tucker Carlson. And we must not fall for this tissue of lies above all for the notion that Putin is somehow fated to succeed in Ukraine. On the contrary, he is doomed to fail. Read about it in the Daily Mail. I love this. And, and this is Boris Yeltsin telling us where we can find the best propaganda in Britain. It's called the Daily Mail. Thank you, Boris. Really appreciate that. This sort of reporting um, and these sort of responses we're seeing more and more from the elites. They are definitely trying to cover their tracks or they're just not. Now, in, in just to, just to reemphasize the importance of our transgender movement, which I'm, I'm meaning apparently it's big in the United States, there is this headline, which kind of tells you the whole core. I think this headline sums up everything about what it is to be a trans person these days. In one headline, I think we get the entire thing. Michigan judge tosses case of trans woman who sued lover for disposing of testicles stored in the fridge. Apparently they were rotting and the lover threw them away, took his uh, the, the trans woman, which is a woman who claims to be a woman, used to be a man who no longer has testicles, took them to court and the judge threw it out because I guess when something rots, you have the right to throw it away, no matter how special it is to keep your jewels. Nonetheless, we can see that the transgender movement is a complete abomination and it is spinning out of control. And so they have to continue to cover it with other stories that are floating around to make sure you're not focused on what's really true. Like this one that suddenly comes out of nowhere. Rare case of plague is confirmed in Oregon. Here's what we know about the symptoms and how it spreads. So it wasn't enough that the other day that somebody blew up blood in a plane from Germany to Turkey where they spewed apparently liters of blood all over the inside of the, of the cockpit. Interesting enough, there was... Um, that story was heavily covered by Patriot News, but it had no no main coverage in the mainstream media, which is curious because you would expect that a story like that would set the conditions perfectly to start screaming bloody murder about Malberg or monkeypox or something, in which case they would roll out a new vax, but that didn't happen. So now I think we're seeing another trial balloon being thrown up here in our face to see how much this scares people. This is health officials in Deschutes County, Oregon. Confirmed a rare case of human plague in a local resident resident last week, marking the first reported case of, in the state since 2015. Officials said the individual was likely infected by their pet cat, which showed symptoms of the disease. Hmm. I didn't know that was, disease was able to jump from species, but apparently it is. And so here we go. And away we go. Now, in better news, though, we do see a trend globally of some change in attitude. Thank you to Madagascar, who has now passed a bill to castrate child rapists. I think that one needs to, like, that gets the gold medal award for the day. Madagascar's justice minister def defended, I would, you shouldn't have to defend this, we should celebrate, a new bill Friday to castrate child rapists with a measure deemed cruel, inhuman, inhuman, and degrading by Amnesty International, because probably most of Amnesty International are a bunch of pedophiles anyway. So we don't have to worry about that. That's good. We know that the child rapist in Madagascar will no longer will be back to the same problem as that transgender, only it won't be the lover that throws them away in the garbage. It'll be the executioner that cuts them off and puts them probably into the pig pen for that feeding of the pigs down the road. Yes, People are getting fed up, and we are all getting tired of this nonsense of this pedophile culture, which has embedded itself deeply in the LGBTQAI plus movement. That is synonymous now with rape kids and destroy kids, and we hate it. 
And is, is anything good news like this where we start to see the assault on them rather than the assault on our values gets us a warm and fuzzy all over? That is the way it should be. We should be celebrating these changes and these moves as we are now faced with a completely different type of world, a world that is starting to wake up to the horrors and the crimes that are around us. Keep in mind, one of those great crimes, and two of them that are ongoing, one is in Ukraine and one of them is in, in, in Israel. But the one in Ukraine is probably the most obvious because of this little piece that John, John F. Kennedy Jr. or Robert F. Kennedy Jr. did here. I think it gives us the trail of the way the money works and how deep in this corruption really is. Now, take a close listen to how he maps out how the money and all this scam has been working in Ukraine. This is a war that should have never happened. It's a war that Russians tried repeatedly to settle on terms that were very, very beneficial to Ukraine and us. The major thing they wanted was for us to keep NATO out of the Ukraine. The big military contractors want to add new countries to NATO all the time. Why? Because then that country has to conform its military purchases the NATO weapon specifications, which means certain companies, Northrop North Grumman, Raytheon, General Dynamics, Boeing, and Lockheed, get a trapped market. Through March of 2022, we committed $113 billion. Just to give you an example, we could have built a home for almost every homeless person in this country. We then committed another $24 billion since then, two months ago, and now President Biden's asking for another $60 billion. But the big, big expenses are going to come after the war, when we have to rebuild all the things that we destroyed. Mitch McConnell was asked, can we really afford to spend $113 billion to Ukraine? He said, don't worry. It's not really going to Ukraine. It's, it's going, going to, to American defense. Manufacturers. So he just admitted it's a money laundering scheme. And who do you think owns every one of those companies? Blackrock. Yeah, BlackRock. So Tim Scott, during the Republican debate, said, don't worry, it's not a gift to Ukraine, it's a loan. So raise your hand if you think that that loan's ever getting paid back. Yeah, of course it's not. So why do they call it a loan? Because if they call it a loan, they can impose loan conditions. And what are the loan conditions that we impose on? Number one, an extreme austerity program so that if you're poor in Ukraine, you're going to be poor forever. Number two, most important, Ukraine has to put all of its government-owned assets up for sale to multinational corporations, including all of its agricultural land, the biggest single asset in Europe, in Ukraine. There's been a thousand years of war fought over that land is the richest farmland in the world is the breadbasket of Europe. 500,000 kids almost. Ukrainians have died to keep that land as part of Ukraine. They almost certainly didn't know about this loan condition. They've already sold 30% of it. The buyers were DuPont, Cargill, and Monsanto. Who do you think owns all of those companies? Yeah, BlackRock. And then in December, President Biden gave out the contract to rebuild Ukraine. And who do you think got that contract? Akra. So they're doing this right in front of us. They don't even care that we know anymore because they know that they can get away with it. And how do they know that? Because they have a strategy. And that strategy is an old, old strategy, which is they keep us at war with each other. They keep us hating on each other. 
They keep the Republicans and Democrats fighting each other and black against white and all these divisions that they sow. Problem, reaction, solution, the Hegelian process. And this is what they've mastered. And unfortunately, too many people continue to sucker for it. There are no parties. It's one unit party. And they're pitting everybody against each other for the sole purpose of hiding the truth, which the truths are the darkest of truths. These are the things which we're continuing to find out, but we have to continue to share them to awaken them because this trickle out, this, the volume of corruption is incredible. Quiet story on the back end that people weren't paying much attention to, for example, was the Hungarian president, who was the first female president, was forced to resign after she pardoned a man who helped cover up a sexual abuse in in a children's home. I mean, this is the sort of corruption. These people are all pedophiles, every one of them. Are they pedophile sympathetic, one of the two? And we have to start putting an absolute end to this insanity because this is what they are and what they do. Now... I think I'm going to go back to the Super Bowl here for a minute because I want you to hear this piece, which I think kind of sums up where we are as a nation. And I think it's very critical that we understand this because we are coming towards a judgment period. I have no question about that. And the question really is, is this going to be a slow trickle or is this going to be something bold and fast? The prophetic words that are coming out increasingly are as the window is closing. We've heard this already. And I want you to hear this piece because I think it provides a very good perspective on the sorts of challenges that we currently face and what's coming. I was trying to watch the Super Bowl last night with spiritual eyes to see kind of where our culture is headed. And I first thing I noticed was that Jesus commercial that was obviously misrepresenting Jesus, talking about how Jesus would put his stamp of approval on sin, which is obviously not true. And then you just see the excess of our culture, the total Babylonian spirit that dominates everything. It's like a spirit of evil has consumed everything in our culture to where we're completely drunk on our excess and not even aware of our surroundings anymore. A culture completely obsessed with self-indulgence and sin. Jesus, when he writes his warnings to the churches in the book of Revelation, he says that you think you're rich, but you're poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may not be naked and your shame may not be seen. And I think that we're a culture just filled with shame and sin. And I do believe this is mystery Babylon. And I do believe that sudden destruction will come. You see, the worst judgment that can fall on a nation is sudden destruction. We saw that in Sodom and Gomorrah. And what happens to a nation that's really under a heavy hand of God's judgment is he allows them to wallow in their sin up until the last minute. And then he executes judgment. You see, when God shows mercy, he slowly executes judgment so that you have time to repent. And I feel that our culture is headed for severe judgment. We're a nation that once knew Jesus Christ as Lord and we turned our back and we've become a nation completely filled with demons, drunk on every kind of sin and excess you can think about, inventing new ways of evil. And that's what I really noticed last night. That's what I really saw. A culture that has become so self-absorbed and so unaware of its sin, we've become calloused in our hearts and not even prepared for the return of the Lord. A great reckoning is coming. And I'm warning you now, turn to Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, put your faith on him for salvation because that window is going to close and it's going to close suddenly. You know, it's one of these things that you can tell people this and they'll say, ah, it's not a big deal or I have faith. This is time really to turn and and accept Christ in your life and the fullness of what it is. And and here's a simple thing. Even if you question that in your heart and if you're one of those, it's like, ah, I don't really know if I need to. Ask yourself what the what, if it's worth taking the risk. Bottom line, 
we need to get people to Christ and we need to keep ourselves centered there because that's really going to be the overcoming force in all of this. God's children will be spared, but this is nonetheless going to be quite the shakeup and it is coming. All signs lead to this for so many reasons. You have the increasing expenditure of, of money into Ukraine, Taiwan, Israel. We have the revealing of wars and the truth of what's behind them. We have the truth of the vaccine that's surfacing up. We've had the truth of the pedophile culture continue to percolate where people can see it in plain view. We have the understanding of the military-industrial complex and the, corporate, and the coordination that they work in with global national corporations to not only destroy countries, but then to rebuild them and share in the profits. We have the number of people across this country that whose investment accounts are tied to that sort of profiteering. So most of the money that people are retiring on in one way or another is tied to the blood of children and the blood of, of the destruction of cultures. This is, the, this is the rot which we currently have. And it's only a matter of time before this rot itself just takes down the entire thing. People's awakening on itself. Take God out of the equation for just a second. And just the awakening alone of people starting to realize what they're part of is enough to have a counterswing. That was the point of this first piece, I, early piece I played on the 9-11, which is if people really understood, I mean truly understood in their hearts that Mossad was part of this, Israeli's National Intelligence, Counterintelligence and Intelligence Group, and their secret group was behind the 9-11, I will guarantee you the majority of the country would just say snuff it out. And there's enough people. Here's the frightening thing for Israel, and it needs to be aware of this, is that while the Christians may actually hold reason and hold a reasonable line to this, the noisiest ones out there that will say to snuff it out are the ones that are pro-Palestine and definitely woke. This is a very dangerous place for Israel. And this is a dangerous place for many countries around the world as we come to the realization of what they've been trying to do to us, whether it's China, whether it's Ukraine. But the core of this, what we really need is to stay focused on the domestic issues of who's been doing this. And this is getting increasingly clear who our criminals are. We have a very clear criminal class, and that criminal class is rooted in trades in Wall Street heavily. They're tied to BlackRock, Vanguard, Black, uh, State Street, and Blackstone. Those are your core within this nation. And the controls that they have across our entire board of, of infrastructure and movement of goods and services in this nation is immense. We have key names that are tied to that, even if they're, if they're even still alive, Bill Gates being one, Warren Buffett being another. These people have been the players in a lot of this to create these instrumentations of hell. And we also have the notorious George Soros, which we haven't seen for a few years, but people keep saying he's alive because he tweets things. Another part of this great deception war is who's really alive and who's really doing the, doing the work. One of the great tricks of PSYOP is to control the accounts of other people to make them active and alive, essentially to give them infinite life, everlasting life through social media. The, we've become a culture that truth based on what somebody tweets and we assume it's true simply because they have a blue check account. You have no way of validating who's behind that account. So this is an illusion that we're dealing with, a massive one. And we're being and part of that illusion is to do as little damage as possible with to their infrastructure while causing us the greatest harm and mal a malady as, as we can because they want to see us kill ourselves by our own hand so that they don't have any they're not implicated in our level of insanity. That's truly the world in which we live. It is pure evil. There's nothing good to say about it currently, and we have to make the choice of whether we want to have it continue or whether we want to just terminate it and, not, and, continue, and prevent it from moving on. 
were there. And those sorts of things now are the decisions as we move ahead of what the consequences are of what we decide. We, come, we pivot from the point of whom do we serve, and we start asking ourselves the hard questions of what our daily choices make in the world. And this gets down to the some of the fundamental issues of how do you spend your money and where do you, where do you walk in your faith. Money is a Babylonian tool. It's nonetheless a powerful weapon in this world and then in this war. And it is powerful to understand that every time we drop a dollar, we're empowering or disempowering this international cabal of criminals. With that, we also have to walk that moral line in obedience to Jesus and everything that we do. And so when we put those two together, we create a very lethal and powerful combination of warfare that we have to take very seriously on every single step we make each day. It's essential. And so we have to make our choices of are we buying from a local vendor, are we buying from a corporate store? Are, are we buying American-made or are we buying some sort of foreign product? Are we buying products that are made in, say, a Mexico while they're stealing our labor here? And if we don't have any choices, who's the proper trading partners we should be trading with that are trying to still support good business with America? All of this understanding. And these are, we have to start to continue to look at how we can take more and more control over our lives and less dependency on this corporate grid that we're in. The new world order is dying, but the new system coming in place, I have little confidence with. We haven't seen it yet. We've been told over and over in some variation of this statement, trust the plan. Trust the plan for what? What's coming? What we know is there is one plan and there's one obedience that we should be giving, and that's to God. Our Father above us all the time is there, never leaves us, never lets us alone, always guides us, always provides us with what we need, and all we have to do is pray and lean in. That's the obligation, and to give us give Him our full obedience. That's not hard. We don't have to worry about specific rituals every morning. We don't have to worry about blood sacrifices. You don't even have to worry about murdering a child, which is sort of kind of part of the rites of passage to the upper authorities of power in the satanic cults. All we have to do is pray with love in our heart. Pretty simple. But what's difficult is we can maintain that on a daily basis. To engage our enemies and pray for our enemies in hopes that they will find the salvation through Christ before they're slain with the sword of the Spirit or sword of steel. But nonetheless, we are also part of having to accept accountability, something that's very difficult. We live in a world right now where accountability is evasive. People don't want to face it. They don't want to take control or charge of it. They don't want it in their lives. And yet we have to. Because at the end of the day, the entire architecture of the system we're in, which is rather profound, and all of the things that we complain about in terms of them or they, sounds like pronouns from the woke culture, but nonetheless, the elites that are pulling the strings, the reason that we're here is we're allowing them and we're buying their stuff and accepting their policies upon us without pushing back. So we are complicit in much of this crime that we live through because we have not put our foot down and said, hell no, we won't. This is time of the change. This is the moral shift that has to happen in our nation. And when we finally achieve that moral shift in our nation, we're going to find ourselves in a very special place, a place where we regain power of our world, a place where they can no longer push us around like they did once before. A place where we can honestly say that this is we walk in the authorities of Christ and whatever we do now, we are doing by the obedience of the Holy Spirit. That's where we need to be walking, not in the whims of going around and saying, mm, today I think I'll buy this, maybe I'll buy that, I'm not going to worry about what I spend, I'm going to go to this store because it's a little more convenient, etc., etc. And at the same time, losing our focus on prayer. 
Prayer and the, and the power of what we do each and every day by our choices is literally directing us into a path of where we're going to be. And as long as we keep that there, we're going to have, we're effectively creating a selection for this world and affecting the realities around us. It's critical because with truth, we are, we are living the consequences of our decisions and our actions. And the truth is getting to be bigger and bigger each day. So we have to stay focused more and more on how we choose to use that truth and live that truth in the world. Patriots, tonight we have a, uh, a prayer request, which is a, it's a short one, but it's nonetheless one that just came in earlier today that I do want to do as, as we go into prayer. I think it's very important. Um, this is from Mary for Truth, and it says, I have a prayer request for Mike a friend who will be going through biopsies and testing for a mass on his spleen and on his colon. He has strong faith, but is physically weak due to low blood counts. We pray for miraculous healing. And so absolutely. Father God, we're just going to come before you this evening as we bring forth Mike, who is now going through biopsies for and testing for a mass on his spleen and his colon. Father, we lift him up in prayer. We engage him and encircle him with the love and, and of our hearts, and we pray into his heart for life and restoration. We just proclaim complete and total healing over his body, and we do so in the name of Jesus and the blood of the cross, and we declare these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Father God, I just want to thank you this evening as we come together and we pray. We also have a prayer this tonight, an important prayer for Brian and Alicia Derrico from Glad Tidings Church. Brian and Jonah have injured their backs. Jonah's his son, and Alicia has injured her right thumb. So, Father, we just raise them up in this moment for all that they do in kingdom, constantly pushing the window on deliverance down at the Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City. So, Father, we just pray for the miraculous and instantaneous healing of the back of Brian and his son, Jonah, we lift them up now and we pray life and healing into their back, removal of pain, and a full restoration, a full function of their muscles and body as, just by, as perfectly designed. And also for Alicia, whose right thumb has been injured, we pray healing into her right thumb and we pray healing over her body. Healing for all of them. We pray a hedge of protection around that family. We just ask that the Holy Spirit flow through there and heal and cleanse all the wounds that are there. Lift them up and we declare this healing in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Father, we want to thank you tonight for the assembly we have, that we have each and every night as we come here in fellowship and prayer, and we truly are praying in for a nation. We're praying for mercy on a nation, knowing very well that there is a clock now that is ticking. We can feel it. This time, this window in which we're in, things are moving. And by all indications, this, again, is probably benchmarked pretty well by the event just happened this weekend on, the, on Sunday which is the Super Bowl, but it's an event now where the clock seems to be ticking down faster and faster. Father, we're just going to pray for everyone in, this, in the Bar's Nation to continue to stay in prayer, stay focused, to continue to pay attention to who needs help in our community, to lift up our neighbor, our brother, to love our neighbor and our brother as our own, to give assistance where needed, to keep people up as we do iron, sharpen as iron, and then as we reach beyond our community, to be that force of change, that force of love, that force of security that people can turn to when things begin to get a bit dicey and get chaotic. 
Father, we reject any concept of chaos that comes from the father of lies. We reject any of the whispers of darkness that try to seep into our hearts. Instead, we pray life into Bar's nation. We pray restoration into Bar's nation. We pray strength in the body of Christ and the warrior Christ into the heart of everybody in Bar's nation. And we also pray for the fivefold ministry to take form the apostolic, the prophetic, the healing of the sick and the broken, the casting out of demons, the raising up of the dead. And Father, we go further to pray for those extra tools we need in this war to truly wage this war in the spirit that would fall within the greater works. And so, Father, as we pray this evening, we also pray for the continued spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ to reach out beyond the limits, to bring people to the awareness of the love of our King, to lift them up, and ultimately our permission is there to rescue, to heal, and to restore into the love and the body of Christ. We say all these things with your blessing and humbly before you, and we say all these things and declare these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So a lot going on in our world, for sure a lot of shift and change, and we're definitely watching that the narrative of the people is becoming impossible to tamp down. A good reason to keep your eye on things, but also a good reason to be a little bit wary of anything you see. We've seen some test balloons of these new viruses, one apparently in Oregon with this plague, another with this explosive blood event in a plane somewhere around the world between Germany and Turkey, and we have other things happening as well, which I'm sure like the the accidental injecting of people with, I don't know how you do this, with Ebola virus in Denver, which was a miraculous thing that they accidentally took out one of the most vile and prolific um, diseases and accidentally put it into a syringe and accidentally injected some people. (laughs) Sorry, but this is getting to be a comedy beyond imagination. So be suspect of anything you see. Remember, crisis actors are real. Remember that Visual impact is things they want you to see. Turn your eyes away from the TV, dig into the truth, and pray above all. Let God show you the truth in all things through Holy Spirit. And as we rely on that, we will definitely supersede any of their ridiculousness that they try to throw at us. As we go forward, continue to listen to the Holy Spirit in your heart and where God needs you and where he needs you to pray, what he needs you to do. And let's lift each other up. Truly iron sharpens iron as we face off against this enemy for the final run. We're coming into the home stretch. And when we get through, we're going to throat stomp this beast and send it right to the lake of fire. And in the end, then we're going to be activated to heal all the people that have been broken and damaged by this vax and the other torments of hell that they brought to this earth. Have no mercy in your heart for pure evil. Have compassion for your neighbor. Love thy neighbor. Love thy brother. But when it comes to evil, it has one place. Either bound at the feet of Jesus or cast into the lake of fire to incinerate for eternity. Either way. I'll take either one. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night, thank you, and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. 
get back in my body. 